Hey, what's up, gang? Cole right alongside Ryan Shazier and Kalen Jones. And today we're going to preview Super Bowl 55 by sharing our keys to stopping both the Chiefs and the Bucks' potent offenses. Now, we're also going to identify our X factors on both sides of the balls for each squad. And later, we're going to discuss the fallout of the Stafford golf trade and how it could affect Deshaun Watson. All that and more coming up next on this Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL Show. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, it's a weekly rite of passage. You know what time it is. It's the Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL Show. I'm Cole Wright alongside the guys. That's right. It's former Pittsburgh Steeler Ryan Shazier and staff writer at the Ringer, my guy, Kalen Jones. And make a note before we dig in that you can always listen on Spotify and check out all the other Ringer NFL Show podcasts. And you can do so five times a week. And coming up next on the show feed, we're going to have Warren Sharp and Chris Vernon with their preview of Super Bowl Sunday. It's coming your way on a Wednesday. And there's a big announcement time because this Sunday, following the end of the Super Bowl, the Ringer NFL show with Kevin Clark and Nora Princiati will be going live and direct. So make sure you're subscribed to the Ringer's YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash the Ringer. And you can follow us over on Twitter at the Ringer NFL. Now, Ryan, Kalen, as we know, man, uh, we are counting down to Super Bowl Sunday. I know a lot of people out there trying to figure out what they're going to have as their spread. Are they going wings? Are they going pizza? Are they going something else? They're going a crudite platter. Who knows? But one thing I do know is that this game is going to be off the chart. I mean, it's the, the old goat versus the baby goat. Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes going head to head. Who knows how this one's going to shake out? But one thing that we do know, like I said, is it's going to be a great game from start to finish. But when, when you take a look at this Chiefs team. Ryan, if you're Tampa Bay, you know that your defense has been stepping up big time over the last few playoff games and even for the last few games over the rest of the regular season. How do you stop this Kansas City offense specifically when it comes to that run game? Because we know Patrick Mahomes stopping him. I mean, easier said than done, but that run game, it can be bottled up from time to time. To me, if I was trying to stop Kansas City's offense, I feel that you have to limit the big plays. I feel okay. that the one thing that they do really well is they have so many big explosive plays. Like they, it just throughout the game, you know, Mahomes, he always makes the right decision, but it's like his right decision is always turns into a big play. And, you know, Travis Kelsey, Harmon, uh, Tyreek Hill, all these guys can make a big play at any moment of the game. So if you slow them down, 
and make them draw the ball down the field, I feel like they're more prone to making mistakes or they're more prone to having third downs and third and longs because now they have to really draw the ball or have 13, 14, 15 play drives to, to actually score. If you make them do that, I feel it's a lot better chance for Tampa Bay to win this game. You made them kick field goals and things like that. So I think that's the best way to slow this Tampa. I mean, it's not Tampa, but it's Chiefs offense down, um, this Chiefs team down because as of right now, they're just pumping with gas, man. It's just they running diesel, you know, efficient, efficient <laughs> fuel. Hey, they can run all day. Hey, they don't need they only need their gas uh change. I mean, gas uh filled up every every once a week, you know. So they they don't they don't really need much change over there. So I feel if you just limit the big plays and start making them, you know, stop and start, don't allow them just to have 40, 50 yard plays, uh, I think that can really turn the game around. It's almost like the Chiefs right now, they're they're like one of those hybrids, Ryan, but not not one of those hybrids that you just plug into the wall at the house. Like you have an actual charging station at the crib where you're charging yeah. that car up and you barely ever need the gas. Like, oh, I'll, I'll fill up at two, three weeks if necessary. Until then, I'm just going to plug it back in. And, and that's what the Kansas City Chiefs are right now. All they do is plug and play and Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to get the ball to the open man, and we're going to make things happen. Kalen, you've, you've seen this Kansas City team week after week. I mean, we saw it last season, and this year they look to be on a collision course with another Vince Lombardi trophy. That is if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense doesn't step up. How do you stop Kansas City, man? Long story short, there is no way to stop this Kansas City team. But, you know, Tampa Bay, I mean... You can hope to contain them, right? That's the the thing. You can hope to contain them. The way that they can is by winning at that line of scrimmage. I think that's going to be a really, really big deal because obviously... Kansas City going into this matchup without their starting tackles. Mike Remmers switching over from right tackle to left tackle. He's going to be facing up against Shaq Barry. I think, you know, the way that Tampa Bay has a shot at winning is playing a lot of too high coverages and then getting home with their front four. They have the Dobkin Sue up front. Vita Vea, who wasn't in that first matchup, he'll be playing this weekend. Uh, you have Shaq Beard and JPP on the outside. So them winning home and winning their matchups is the way. And then, you know, ultimately, if that doesn't prove you know, successful, you know, the really key way to beating Kansas City is surviving those runs because every time we've, you know, we see Kansas City, whether they're trailing in the first or second quarter, you know, they find a way to go off on that run, you know, like they'll run against Buffalo uh, in the championship, in the conference championship game, able to erase, you know, a nine point deficit. Um, it, you know, against San Francisco in the Super Bowl last year, we're down 10 and they went on a, you know, huge run in the fourth quarter. Their second quarter run, I think, you know, in that first half, if Tampa Bay can survive that and at least keep up or within striking distance, they have a shot at winning. Absolutely. And this team, when you when you take a look at what they're doing defensively, I mean, right now, this Tampa Bay defense, they're about as good as it gets. And, you know, as cliche as it sounds, you know, defense wins championships. And I, I don't know if they're going to be able to bring it all the way home. But part of the reason that they're in this game right now is because of that solid defense. Now, when it comes to Kansas City, if we flip the coin, Kalen, how does Kansas City and their defensive unit, a unit that usually just plays to the competition, how can they how can they slow down Tampa? Because when you take a look at all the weapons that Tom Brady has and the fact that the quarterback for Tampa is Tom Brady, I mean, slowing that guy down, especially in the final game of the season, once again, easier said than done. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, it, it kind of goes back. I mean, any quarterback struggles under pressure, but we've known, you know, throughout Tom Brady's entire career, under pressure, he doesn't do too well. So I think Chris Jones having a really big game and pushing that pocket back and affecting, you know, Tom Brady's pocket, forcing him to move left to right as opposed to sitting in the pocket. I think that's going to be 
uh, especially huge. And then also, you know, Kansas City has to take advantage of opportunities where they can force turnovers. We know that, you know, they have playmakers in that defensive backfield that can, you know, make plays on, on passing plays and prevent, you know, the explosive plays. But I think they're going to have to, you know, force a few turnovers to help their offense really, you know, take advantage of opportunities to stretch leads and extend them. I think that's going to be the difference. Hmm. Ryan, what do you think, man? How, how does how does Kansas City, how did they draw some plays up defensively in the dirt and make things happen? Because, you know, whether or not they're, they're thinking they can win this game. Tom Brady, when he's on the other sideline, you know that strikes a little bit of fear in defenders. Man, I, I, I agree with Kalen, man. But to me, I feel the biggest way for them to win this game, the Chiefs, besides their offense, uh, I feel like they have to start by making Tampa Bay run the ball. I understand that the Chiefs, their run defense isn't the top in the league or anything like that. Their pass defense is where it's at. But I feel if you make them run the ball, then now you're putting the ball in Leonard Fournette's hands and not in Tom Brady's hands. And I feel Leonard Fournette's having a great season, a great playoff run. But him and Randall Jones, I don't feel like they can win the Super Bowl for you. Um, I feel like they're going to obviously keeping the ball away from the Chiefs. You know, that would I feel like that's gonna slow the game. That means speed the game up. But I feel if they make them run the ball, you know, the Chiefs will score, come back, make them run the ball, stop all these big plays from happening, and then now they get the ball back because uh they have a good run, they have a good solid balanced offense, but I don't feel running the ball can make them win the football game. So I feel if the Chiefs force them to run the ball and, and pit them in, you know, third and long situations, stop the run early, and then take away all the intermediate all the intermediate passing game, I feel like they'll be fine because, you know, all the shots and things like that, I feel, you know, they have some key guys in the backfield that can stop that. So if they make them run the ball, now I feel the ball is in the Chiefs' hands. Mm, Ryan, what about this? What do you say? For Tampa, at, at least my key for them, defensively is don't take the cheese. And what I mean by that is if they see something that is maybe skewed off a game plan or it looks as if Kansas City is going in a different direction, just stick to what you practice all week long and the week before that because you know Kansas City, they can do that to you. They can lull you to sleep. They can say, okay, we're going to go Tyreek Hill. That's that's who you want to focus on? Then pow, just like that, you get you get punched in the mouth. There's Nicole Hardman making plays, and it's, it's so – for me, it's Tampa Bay on defense. Don't take that cheese. Stick to your game plan. Stick to stick to what got you there, and don't let what Kansas City does dictate what you do in this ball game, Ryan. No, I, I can I can uh, completely agree with you because the Bills they went in there with a game plan, and then you know they jumped out on them, and then the Chiefs was like, "Hey, man, first of all, this game is you know not going at the pace we wanted to," and then it was like. Everybody, oh, you want to guard Terry Kill? You want to guard Travis Kelsey? All right, Nicole. They got get that, him started get that early. confidence back because that's what, exactly what that was. They got him started early. So then, you know, now the Bills are like, oh man, this is who they're game planning with. So now they start focusing on Nicole. Nicole's not even in the game. Now you have to, now you have to really worry about the guys that in both of them ended up with 100 yards Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill. You know, so they, they like you said, they have a lot of cheese for you, and they have a lot of weapons. And I feel that if you start worrying about the guys that you don't need to worry about, that's when the guys you need to worry about show up. Absolutely. And, Kalen, it, it also seems as if a lot of teams, when they get a lead on Kansas City, they, they sit back, they kick their feet up, and they're like, whew, we got this. And we saw it with Buffalo. They were up 10 to nothing. And I don't want to say there was any premature celebration, but 
we, we saw what happened. Kansas City, if there's one thing they know how to do, it's they know how to play from behind. And I don't know if you saw that the, the tweet that was put out there, but it was from the movie Bloodsport. When, when Bolo got punched in the mouth by the dude with the beard and the guy was cheering to the crowd. And then the next thing you know, Bolo got on him and was put, putting those hands on him. And that's exactly what happened in Kansas City, Buffalo. So Tampa, you, don't, don't get too excited if you get a slight lead on Kansas City, Kalen. Yeah, no, it's Warriors-esque. You know, the, mm-hmm. the Chiefs just have that ability to turn it on when they need to. You know, we, we talked about it and, you know, throughout leading up to the Super Bowl this week, throughout the playoffs and throughout the season. You know, we talked about the Chiefs, you know, they were squeaking by. They went 8-1 in nine one-score games. Like, do the Chiefs, are they able to really turn it on and find this magical gear? You know, between the stat guys and the football analysis guys, they were like, man, like, when are the Chiefs going to show up? And for the playoffs, literally every single game, you know, outside of Patrick Mahomes being hurt, you know, in the first half against Cleveland, they've looked like the Chiefs that we expected to run through the league. They're a buzzsaw. Yeah. Now, when it comes to Kansas City, I feel like for them on defense, Kalen, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong or if you think I'm speaking out of school here, but I think they need to, and it sounds, once again, it, it, this also sounds cliche, and I'm going to quote my, my guy Herm Edwards, but I want them to play to win the game. Hello? Play to win the game. Like, on defense, don't go out there and say, guys, let's just not lose this game. I want to see Honey Badger. I want to see him playing like he's down there at Tiger Stadium, like he played in college. Every single play of the game hinged on something that he was going to do out there. And if we see that defense go out there, and if we see these guys make plays and not just sit back and try not to get beat, then that's how they're going to go out there and win it. That's, That's what I think at least. I feel like that's how they've been playing the whole playoffs. You know, like their defense has really been showing up the whole playoffs. And um, I feel obviously they shouldn't turn the light switch on, but for the playoffs, they turned it on. It was like, hey, we're good to go. Let's time it's time to play. And let's focus, let's focus in, man. We're, like, we're the best team in the league. Stop playing with these guys. And I feel like that's what they've been doing the whole season. The the D-backs, you know, they they being chirpy. They've been they've been doing everything that you expect them to do. Tyron Matthews been making plays. Richard Breeland, he's been in coverage. Um, I feel like their defense, and especially their DBs, have been showing up. Swanson's been playing well. Um, so I, I I feel like their whole their whole defense has just been making plays just as much as their offense, but their offense gets so much love because of all the splash that they have. Yeah, Kalen, that, that defense, they have to play like they're shot out of a cannon as opposed to just play prevent, huh? Yeah, no, that's it. And you look back at that first matchup, you know, the Chief, that's exactly what the Chiefs did. They held Tampa Bay to seven points in that first half. You had, I think there were three straight three and outs through the first half alone. You know, Tampa Bay wasn't able to get anything going until Tom Brady converted a third and 15, which he was under pressure and made a, a very beautiful pass to, to Chris Godwin. Other than that, you know, Tampa Bay's offense was not able to get anything done. And like to Ryan's point, you know, th- their defensive backs have played well all year long. Legereus Sneed, the way that they use him in coverage, the way that Juan Thornhill is playing right now, it's a special unit and it doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to play a part in this one, just the fact that Kansas City threw hot grits on Tampa Bay earlier in the season. And, uh, you know, Tom Brady's sitting there thinking, man, uh, I don't like to lose. I especially do not like to lose that way. So let's move things along because, you know, we're we're just days away from the big game in Tampa. Of course, the Buccaneers, the first team ever to play at their home stadium for the big game. But it's not just about where you're playing. It's about some of the guys out there on the field. So Ryan, when it comes to X factors, as far as Kansas city is concerned, who you got on offense and on defense, man, who's going to make this game really tick to me. I know you said Tampa's playing at home, but uh, my X factor don't give a damn about that. And his name okay. is Travis Kelsey. 
He don't give a damn about mm -hmm. that. And the reason I say Travis Kelsey, I don't feel like he's even an X factor. Everybody knows he's like a factor. It's not even like, hey, like everybody's like, oh, this guy is going to show up and he's going to turn the game around. No, like Travis Kelsey is the reliable guy that Mahomes trusts in all scenarios. When Mahomes is in trouble, who does he find? Travis Kelsey. When Mahomes needs a, a, a play in the middle of the field, who does he find? Travis Kelsey. You know, Travis Kelsey, I don't, I'm not 100% sure. Caleb might know this a little bit better than me, but Travis Kelsey, I felt led their team in receptions this year. It, uh, it might have been Tyreek Hill, but I think it was Travis Kelsey. I feel like the guy he trusts the most is Travis Kelsey. So I'm going to go with him as my egg factor on offense. And Travis Kelsey's like, like Patrick Mahomes. He's like his favorite hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you gained a few pounds, like, ah, this is the good one, man. I, st I still look good in this one. I'm yeah. going to go to him every day of the week. Yeah, every day of the week. He understands, like, there's like, hey, Travis Kelsey, bro, don't even touch the ball in the first quarter. You know, we're going to get everybody else involved. And then it's like Travis Kelsey with 100 yards. You know, it always happens. You know, so I feel Travis Kelsey is the guy that I'm going to go with as my X Factor. And then on defense, I'm going to go with a guy that hasn't really made much noise this year, but he had a really good game last Super Bowl. And I feel that in the big time moments, he shows up. And I'm going to go with Frank Clark. And the reason I, and because, you know, the Tampa Bay has a, a good line, but Frank Clark, he's a $100 million man. And I feel like in, in the biggest moment, you need your $100 million man to show up. So I feel if he has a good game and disrupts Tom Brady, man, I feel like the Chiefs could pull away and this is going to end up 14 to 21 point win. Yeah, Steve Spagnuolo, he, he needs Frank Clark to be Steve Austin in this game and, and get his $100 million man. And we'll, we'll, we'll see how that one shakes out. I'm going to hit you guys with, with my X Factors in just a second. But, uh, uh, Kaylin, I want to I hear who you have. Who are the guys that are really going to be the straws that stir this drink on Sunday, man? Oh, well, definitely, you know, I, I agree with Ryan that Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs is that guy, the the, star, the straw that stirs that drink, like you're saying, okay. Cole, right? Uh, but I think the X factor that I'm going to point out is Mike Remmers. And, you know, I mentioned it earlier that, you know, he's switching over from right tackle to left tackle for this game in replacement of Eric Fisher, who is Kansas City's regular starting left tackle, lost for the rest of the season uh, to a torn Achilles. Um, you know, he's got a really, really big challenge on his hands. And he actually just spoke uh, with the media this morning and he mentioned it. You know, he he doesn't he wasn't in this game last year, but he's approaching it just like any other game. You know, it, it, but it's a big deal going up against someone as talented as Shaq Barrett. Like I mentioned earlier, if, you know, the Chiefs are able to limit Tampa Bay's four man rush. Uh, they'll be able to win this game and allow Patrick Mahomes to do his thing. And if Mike Remmers can hold up in, in pass coverage and pass protection, I mean, uh, they'll be able to survive, you know, whatever Tampa Bay throws at them. And, you know, they, they could potentially run away with it. Um, on defense for Kansas City, I'd say one Thornhill. Again, like another defensive guy in that secondary. I know we talk about Tyron Matthew. We talk about, you know, Legereus Sneed, Rashad Breeland. But one Thornhill, as my guy Ben Talak over at the Draft Network has pointed out, you know, he's playing some of the best ball of his career. They really trust him as that second high safety in coverage, you know, to kind of complement what Tyron Matthew does. So I think Thornhill, if, you know, if he can make some big plays and limit what Tampa Bay does on the opposite side of the field, they should be able to survive this one. So, Kalen, going with the not even the B side X factors, you're going with like the, the C <laughs> the and cuts. the D side. Yeah, you're going with those deep cuts <laughs> the right there, you know, putting some of those people on notice for those who are going to make a difference in this game. I mean, you, you talked about Thornhill and, you know, what kind of impact he could make, you know, playing on the other side of Tyron Matthew, but that's where I'm going. I'm going with Tyron Matthew because I, I, I just feel like not only 
Kansas City, but we we saw it in Arizona. We saw it when he was in Houston. Every time his team is is in the mix, why is it? It's because Tyron Matthew is out there making plays, and I don't think that he's going to go out there and, and do anything less than be a playmaker on Sunday because when you have a chance to make history, not only is this just a Super Bowl, but this is a pivotal Super Bowl. This is the Super Bowl. This, it could be Tom Brady's last Super Bowl. It could be the Super Bowl that that sets Patrick Mahomes on a whole different trajectory. The Kansas City Chiefs, do they become a team of dynastic proportions with this win? So that there, there's so many different storylines. And I think that the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, he's going to be up to each and every single one of those tasks. And, you know, that's as far as defensively, offensively, you know, we, we talked about the speed and we talked about Tampa Bay not falling for the cheese. Don't fall into that trap, but sometimes that's easier said than done, especially when you look at the speed that they possess. I mean, not only is Tyreek Hill probably the fastest guy in the league, the second fastest cat is on the same field with him. That's that's McCole Hardman. So McCole Hardman, I think he's going to be the X factor. We saw him with a miscue early in the game versus the Bills. And, and what did Andy Reid do to get that young man's confidence back? He kept going back to the well, going back to him. We're going to make sure that you're still a big part and an and, and integral part of this piece of the puzzle. And we're going to make sure that you make this team sing right now. And that those are the two guys, Tyron Matthew and McCole Hardman. Those are the cats that I see really making a big time presence or at least having a big time presence in this game on Sunday. So let's shift gears just a little bit, guys. Let's, let's go talk about the Tampa Bay X factors because we know there's going to be more than a few. So uh, Ryan, I'm going to start with you, man. Go defense and offense for us. Who you got? So this isn't my X factor, but uh, Scotty Miller had, might have something to say about what you just said about the fastest guy on the field. <laughs> oh, oh, is that so? Is, is, Scotty, is Scotty Miller faster than Tyreek Hill? Absolutely not. But yeah, okay. he might have an he might have an opinion on who's the, f- the fastest two guys on the field. But okay, all right. That's not that's not me saying that. That's Scotty Miller. You know, okay. so, Scott, Scotty Miller, I, you can you can email me. See how you, we'll have <laughs> yeah, we'll have a dialogue. Tyreek. It'll be open. <laughs> my 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 two X factors is going to be Devin White and Leonard Fournette, and I'm going to talk about Leonard Fournette first. The reason I say with Leonard Fournette, because I said if the Chiefs want to win this game, they have to make Tampa Bay run the ball. And if they're going to make Tampa Bay run the ball, if Tampa Bay runs the ball, they're going to lean on Leonard Fournette or Randall Jones. And Leonard Fournette is the guy that they really would need, Tampa Bay would really need to step up in this moment. Tom Brady likes to throw those short passes to the running back. He likes to throw like those screen-type passes and then also get the running back a lot of carries too. So I feel like Randall, not Randall Jones, I feel like Leonard Fournette, he's going to have to be a reliable catcher of the ball because sometimes he he, he drops a few of them. You know, he, he has to be a little bit more consistent with it. So I feel like he's going to have to catch these balls in these critical moments. And this is a big time stage, man. I understand some people say that it doesn't make a difference. Experience don't matter. I know Tom Brady says that, but he has seven games of experience or something like that. Or I'm not trying to hear 10 games of experience and Whatever, yeah. like that. I'm not trying to hear it. So, uh, but I feel like the one guy that he's going to need to have a little experience is Leonard Fournette. So, I think the two, well, the two guys are going to need a little experience. And then Devin White is my defensive guy. Devin White has been showing up for them all playoffs. He's to me, he's the best linebacker in this game right now. I know Levante David. I used to actually grow up watching this man, and it was like, man, I want to be like Levante David. It was so cool because he's from Florida. You know, 212, light, light linebacker. I'm like, man, I can be like this guy. So, like, it's hard for me to say another linebacker right now is better than Levante David, but Devin White is showing, hey, I'm the best linebacker in the playoffs right now. You know, and I feel for him, he's going to have to step up big versus Travis Kelsey, 
any running back that the Chiefs throw at him, I feel like he's going to have to show up big in those moments and, and either get a turnover or he's going to have to or he's going to have to make solid stops and just make them get third downs and force three and outs or not even three and outs, but just force them to have a turnover on downs because then that gives your offense back the ball. If, if Devin White helps their offense continue to get the ball back, I think that's all that matters. He doesn't even have to make the biggest plays of the game. He just has to make the moments at the right, make the right play at the right moment of the game just so Tampa can get the ball back. So that's why I feel like those are my two X factors because Devin White, I feel he's always been making the right play in the playoffs right now. He's on fire right now. Like he's an offensive player, he's on fire. And then Leonard Fournette, I think if he's just a reliable playmaker for them, you know, he doesn't have to be somebody that just breaks the wheel. But if he's reliable, gets these first downs when they need him, because you know Tom is cool with moving the dead ball slowly, maliciously down the field. If he gets reliable and catches the ball on third and three and gets a third and two run, I feel like that can really change the outlook of this game. Caitlin, how about you, man? Which way are you going when it comes to those X factors for Tampa? So on offense, you know, like like I mentioned earlier, you know, the the real way for Tampa Bay, at least offensively, to get stuff done is to throw the ball downfield and, you know, mm-hmm. get these shot plays off against Kansas City's defense. Try to, you know, keep up with their offense if it's even possible. But I think Chris Godwin, you know, this is a guy who, you know, ha- has had some drop issues, at least throughout the playoffs. He's a really reliable target, and he's probably their best deep ball threat outside of Scotty Miller. So I-, I think if Godwin gets going and allows, you know, Tom Brady to get into rhythm, you know, especially in terms of throwing the ball deep, which is what, you know, Bruce Arians and Tampa Bay love to do, I think he could be a really big difference maker for their offense. Defensively, you know, Tampa Bay, the way that they've gotten here is by forcing turnovers and playing consistent defense every single week of the playoffs. And, you know, you're going to need someone within that secondary to step up. I don't know if, you know, we'll see if Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy, Bunting are able to hold him in coverage, but I think Antoine Winfield Jr., whether, you know, he can step up and make plays both, you know, in the deep passing game and around the line of scrimmage, you know, I think he's really that X factor, you know, in his health. I know that he's, you know, hasn't been fully healthy going into this game. He's expected to play. And if he does, I think he'll be a huge present and potentially, you know, make a game-changing play. I think that's the guy you want to watch. Okay. Well, I like where both your heads are at, but uh, I'm going to go in a different direction from both of you gentlemen. I'm going to go defensively for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go with Ndamukong Sue. Because, you know, when, when when Devin White isn't making plays, I feel as if Ndamukong Sue is the guy who, you know, he comes up and he cleans the table up. You know, everyone already got up. They got done eating. But you know what? You want to find and try to and try to bust through that hole. It, it's almost like a, what, what's that show that that was on uh, ABC back in the day? Was it Pit, Pitfall or, or Wipeout? That's what it was. You get Wipe three out. doors <laughs> that you get to run through and, and boom, Wipe you ran out. through the door and you picked the door that Adamican Sue is behind. So that was the wrong choice. And I feel like, you know, he, he, this guy's a veteran. He's played in almost 10 postseason games. I mean, the guy, we, we know what he brings to the table. So I just feel that he's going to be the one defensively that seems to be that that pace setter. You know, he's going to be the guy that, that lets everybody know that this is how important this game is only because he, he's been there before, he's done that before, but it's his age. You know, his time may be limited. Some of these other guys, they might have a few more Super Bowls, a few more games ahead of him like that in Dominican. So you just you just never really know, especially when it comes to the, the, the day in and day out of the National Football League. So defensively, I'm going in Dominican Sioux. Offensively, I, I'm going to go with, a, a studious gentleman. I'm going to go with with Harvard University's Cameron Brait because 
you know, you, you look at what Cam Bray brings to the table. Big dude, kind of flies under the radar. He's not Rob Gronkowski, but he's sure-handed. Tom Brady likes to get the ball to him, but we haven't seen Cam Brate with a game all season long where he went over 100 yards, and we haven't seen him in a game with more than five receptions. I think that this is going to be the game that Cam Brate really breaks out. He's going to have more than five snags. I don't know if he's going to necessarily have over 100 yards, but those yards that he will accumulate, they're going to be in big-time positions. They're going to be in, in the red zone. They're going to be in, in, in crucial first down situations where, where Tom Brady is going to need a guy to go out there and make a play. And I think he's going to be the difference maker in this game. I don't necessarily think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win this one, but I think that Cam Brate and what he's going to do, especially late in this game, is going to really put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in position to win this one. I don't know, Kalen, Ryan, I mean, are, are you guys jiving with me on that? Cam Brate and, and Dominican Sue? Uh, Kalen, what do you think, man? Yeah, no, I, I like the Dominican Sue point, especially because like I mentioned, you know, that that front four, especially with Vita Vea back, they're going to have, they, they are the key to this. You know, them getting pressure on Mahomes is crucial. And I mean, even though, again, you know, he's a cyborg, so he'll probably find a way out of the pocket, 15 yards of fine, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill downfield, but that's a big key. Ryan, Cam Brate, man, how, how do you stop a guy like that? I think Cam Brate, the reason he's going to have a great game is because I feel like they're going to be focused. Like you said about the Chiefs, mm-hmm. I feel like the Chiefs is going to be focused on all everybody else. And he's the, he's the Swiss. He's the Swiss in the cheese. He's the hole in the cheese that they're not going to be focused <laughs> on. And he's going he's gonna to get open. You know, so I feel, you know, they have Gronk. Uh, A.B. might play. You know, you have Mike Evans, who's going to play. He's going to have a good game. You're going to have Chris Godwin. He, he's going to have a good game as long as the commentators don't, you know, jinx him. <laughs> and then, uh, no, nah, but I, I feel I feel like everybody's worried about all these other pieces. You know, we talked about everybody else but Cam Bray. And Cam Bray's been really consistent. And I feel like Tom Brady's been trusting him a lot in the playoffs. So I feel like he can have a solid game, especially in games like this. Tom Brady always has somebody show up in this moment that you don't expect. Like James White, obviously everybody loved James White. But he should have won, the, he won <laughs> the Super Bowl MVP yeah. that one year when he had like seven – Catches three touchdowns, but they gave it to Tom Brady, you know? So uh, I feel like he can have a game like that. I'm not saying he's going to have a game that good, but I feel like he can have a game like that when he's getting a lot of touches. He he scored two or three touchdowns and just not people. People were like, damn, Cam Bray had that good of a game? I feel yeah. I feel like it'd be like that. So so Cam Bray will, will be Tom Brady's uh, Deion Branch this time around. <laughs> he led the That's team what, in catch percentage. He trusts him. Brady trusts him. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a really good point. Yeah, that trust factor is huge, especially when it's crunch time. If Tom's thinking to himself, okay, I can go here, I can go there, I can go there. Uh, but if I go there first, that dude's always going to catch the ball. So that that is somewhat of a comfort blanket for Tom Brady. But, you know, when it comes to this game, guys, I said that, you know, Cam Brate keeping this Tampa Bay squad in the game late isn't necessarily going to mean that they go on to win this one. That's because I have Kansas City coming out as a victor. They're going to be the first team to repeat as Super Bowl champions since the New England Patriots and Tom Brady did it in the early 2000s. But, uh, you know, before we get to that game pick, though, I want to say, you know, my, my overall X factor that that is really going to play a determining factor in this game, it's got to be Andy Reid. A- Andy Reid is going to be, if it comes down to a coaching shootout, I, I love Bruce Arians, but Ryan, I'm going to have to go Andy Reid over B.A. every day of the week. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. You have yeah. no argument from me over here, buddy. I, uh, <laughs> and, and I, I just feel Andy Reid's a great coach. I feel he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. You know, he had some unfortunate situations in the beginning of his career, but now he's found a quarterback 
that he that he can trust, that he know that he can lean on. And then I just feel like he he just he's just a great coach. He's always finding the right situation, and he always calls the right play at the right yep. moment. So I, I can I can see that happening. Bruce Arians, he's a great guy, but I feel in in a big time moment he's gonna be like, man, we need to score now, and he's gonna want to take a shot. He's gonna call in one of those type of plays. He's gonna get back to his traditional self and not the stuff that Tom is used to calling. And I feel if it gets into that type of matchup, I feel like Andy Reid will win it. Andy Reid is he the, is he the X factor when it comes to coaching? Kalen, will, will will he be able to outcoach Bruce Arians? Yeah, no, I think Andy Reid, like he's shown, you know, throughout the course of his career, like the evolution, especially the Browns game. I think that that divisional win was what showed us, you know, Andy Reid is not going to play around. He's going to find a way to win. He's going to scheme up his players and he trusts his guys to execute at a high level. But I do think Bruce Arians deserves some credit too, though, man. Like him and Byron left, which, and, and I think Arians actually pointed this out uh, during his media interview the other day is that, you know, Leftwich has done a really good job, you know, putting Tom Brady in situations to thrive, you know, after that first half of the season, everyone was talking about, you know, does it work? Does it work? Does it work? The fact that they have Tom Brady, man, I mean, I know, don't get me wrong, Andy Reeve Mahomes, again, cyborg walking, you know, potentially baby goat on the other side, but Bruce Arians is Tom Brady. So uh, I'm going to give the edge to Andy Reid, but I'm not, not by much in my opinion. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Okay. All right. So now it's time for us to register our game picks. Uh, Caitlin, I'm going to start with you, man, because I, I want to hear how you think this one's going to shake out. I think it's going to be a shootout. I, I think that Kansas City is going to go down, or at least maybe not go down. Either they're going to jump out to an early lead or they're going to go down by like two possessions. And, you know, again, that second quarter, I think that's the one if you're playing what the quarters or whatever it is that people play <laughs> during the Super Bowl, that, that's the quarter that you want to take the over on. Um, uh, but I, I'm going to take Kansas City. I got them winning 38-33. Oh, wow. 
high, high scoring game. So uh, to take the over. I don't even know take what the, the over, over is, but that sounds like that would eclipse <laughs> that over if we're talking along some of those betting lines. Uh, Ryan, how about you, man? What do you think this final score is going to be? I think the Chiefs win by at least 10 to 17 points. So. <laughs> Wow! Oh, wow! Uh, what is it? Three, three, uh, three, uh, th- three points right now on the spread. Three and a half. Yep. And this cat's going ten to seventeen points. Yeah. The re- the reason I say that is, man, I just I just think that they're just going to pull away, and then now you're going to start making the Tampa Bay Bucks start to be more aggressive. And I feel if they be more aggressive, that's when you be more turnover prone. And I th- I think that they're going to pull away pretty quick. So I. I I think that they're going to at least win by like 38-11 or, you know, 24, I don't know, 20, 20, I don't know, 20 to 31 or something. I don't know. Uh, 21-34 or something. I don't, something like that. I, I just <laughs> I just feel like, hey, from 10 to 17 points, I know that's a big gap. but That's a I huge gap. That's a yeah, huge gap. I'm le- so let me say this. They're going to win by at least two possessions. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I see this one shaking out. It's going to be a little closer than I have it with both, both of you guys. But I, I see this one 24 to 20, the low scoring affair, only because I think the defense is really going to come to play. We've seen what Tampa's defense has been able to do. And I, I think that Kansas City's defense, they're going to be able to step up in this one. And I think it's going to be, well, I think it's going to be a case where we see Kansas City, maybe in that second quarter, they're going to put up a lot of points and then they're going to rush out. And they're going to have 24, probably by, by the end of the third. I don't even see them scoring in the fourth quarter. And I see... I see Tampa Bay trailing, obviously, but I, I see it 24-17, and, and then I see Ryan Suckup coming in and kicking a, a last-minute field goal to make it 24-20. to 20. It's, it's going to be a last gasp, but I, I, I just don't see Tampa with enough in the tank right now to be able to hold this Kansas City team down. And, and maybe it's just me being a prisoner of the moment, and, and you see what Kansas City is able to do, and, and they're, they're that team that everybody wants to watch. I mean, they're, they're high-octane. They do things you know, so efficiently offensively. So maybe that's just me. Maybe maybe that's just me being enamored with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and, and all the tools they have there in Kansas City. But 24 to 20, KC, back-to-back Super Bowl champions, the first team to do it since New England did it back in the day. And uh, Andy Reid looking to become the seventh coach to win back-to-back Super Bowl championships. And I think on Sunday, that ticket will be punched, guys. But in, in the meantime, how about we make a, a, I would say not a cross-country trip, but halfway across country from Los Angeles to Detroit. That's a trip that nobody will want to make, but that's a trip right now that that Jared Goff (laughs) is going to be making. And and Ryan, can you imagine you're Jared Goff, you go to sleep one night and you're you're the quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams, you're playing in SoFi Stadium, and then you wake up and the next thing you know, you're headed to Detroit. You're going to be listening to to, to Martin on WZUP, man. What's going on? Martin! (laughs) I love it. No, but to me, man, I, I... I don't feel bad for anybody in this party. I'm going to be honest. I know Jared Goff is probably upset. He grew up in Cali, went to Cal, went to the Rams. You know, I'm in L.A. Right. Well, me and Cole are over here looking at snow outside. He's over here looking at probably probably living in like palm trees trees and avocado toast. West Hollywood. (laughs) Uh Not West Hollywood, but like Westwood or Malibu or something looking at the ocean. Nah, not no more, buddy. You're going to... uh, you're going to the what's the the what's the stadium called? The Ford, Ford Center, Field. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. You're Ford going Field. To Ford Field. Field. Hey, <laughs> build Ford Tough. That's where you hey, you gotta get used to it, buddy. Yeah, he, he, hey. he was close to Manhattan Beach and now the closest Manhattan will be Manhattan, Kansas. So that if he wants to catch some K-State games, maybe that'll come in handy. <laughs> no, nah, but to me, I honestly, it is 
the only thing that would, uh, that would hurt me to the core, personally, if I was Jared Goff, is that you guys feel that Matt Stafford is that much better than me. It's like, mm-hmm. honestly, like, I'm a starting quarterback. I, I have the most wins in the last four years, except for Tom Brady, in the league. And you trade me, I'm a starting quarterback who's been to the Super Bowl. With playoff wins, obviously. With playoff, with playoff wins for two first-round picks, which is, a, that's two more of me. I was a first-round pick, a first overall, but still a first-round pick. Then a second-round pick for one player who's seven years older than me with zero playoff wins. Like, I would feel some type of way. Obviously, everybody thinks Matt Stafford is better than me, better than you. And he might think Matt Stafford, yeah, man, he's my, he might be more productive than me. But, like, look what I brought to the table. Look what I brought to the organization. And you guys just shipped me off. And with all this attached to it, I feel like you guys act like I'm not a good football player. I, that's how I would feel, me personally. But I, I talked to a scout before. Like, before this trade even happened, I was like, man, I would feel some type of way if I got traded for a seventh-round pick. He's like, Ryan, it's not about, like, what you get traded for. It's about what a team needs. You don't need no damn seventh-round pick for me. You know, like, so, like, that's how they, that's how I feel Jared Goff would feel. Like, you gave up me and two first-rounders and a second-rounder for one guy, and he hasn't won anything. You know, so that's, that's just my outlook on it, if I was Jared Goff. But... You know, I feel that the Rams are definitely a contender now. They were kind of a contender before, but Matt Stafford is a tier one quarterback. Um, he might not be a tier one winning quarterback to people, but he's a tier one quarterback. When it's talking about giving the ball to the receivers, you, you know the Lions have definitely shredded y'all up a bit. But the, the thing is, the Bears end up winning the game. But Matt Stafford, it's not his fault that people lose. Yeah, like I, I said for years, as as you know, a Chicago native, I live in Chicago now, grew up cheering for the Bears. I said I would take Matt Stafford as the Bears quarterback in a heartbeat, w- without a doubt. That the way that guy gets after it, you know, I, I was able to to watch him play when he was at Georgia, and just the way I mean, you, you almost knew that Georgia wasn't going to go in there and, and beat LSU, but you always knew that they had a chance because Matt Stafford was down there, and what you saw this guy do was next level. And that's that's why the, the Lions took him so high. And, and that's why we saw the Rams, you know, pretty much give the house away for Matt Stafford. Kalen, do you think that the Rams are that much more improved with Matt Stafford at the quarterback position over Jared Goff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. that's the thing, you know, no, no disrespect to Jared Goff. I think he played, you know, about to, you know, his ceiling, you know, in that, you know, NFC divisional round game against the, the Packers. He wasn't horrible and, you know, but at the same time, you know, over the course of his career, it was very clear, in my opinion, that, you know, the Rams within their own division had the lowest ceiling and the lowest floor of any quarterback within that division. When you talk about Kyler Murray, uh, even Jimmy Garoppolo and Russ Wilson. So I think this is a significant upgrade because it raises wow. the floor. Of so the you would take Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo over, over Jared uh, Goff? They're, they're around the same tier. But I think, you know, Goff has some more uh, not. Uh, is a little bit more volatile. You know, Garoppolo's in the same mold, and I, I think their ceilings are kind of similar in terms of how they execute within the systems that they'd be in. Maybe Goff would be a little bit better in a Kyle Shanahan offense, but I don't think that, you know, Goff is that much better if he is at all. Like, that That being said, you know, it's just like, I, I think that the Rams, you know, they understand that their window is very short, or at least even if it isn't very short, you know, you've got to go all in while you have the roster that you have right now. 
And while your defense is set to be elite for at least another season, you know, playing defense is very volatile. You don't know whether or not, you know, when their peak will, you know, they'll eventually come down for their peak. But you have two elite players to build around in in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. You trust that side of the ball. Add someone on offense who can elevate the elite players that you have. I mean, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, they are arguably the one of the best, not the best, but they're one of the best receiver duos in the NFL. And we don't talk about them much because let's be real. Jared Goff wasn't elevating them to the level that they should be playing. So I think Matt Stafford with them, what he was doing with Kenny Galladay, it's going to be fun to watch, you know, in L.A. Kenny Galladay's Kenny Galladay nice. Kenny Galladay's nice. He's better than both of them. And don't, don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anyone talk bad about the pride of <laughs> oh, Northern man. Illinois University now. <laughs> I'm not talking we, bad on him. I'm just saying he only had one weapon. It's like yeah. Galladay, yeah, DeAndre yeah, Swift, and Hawkinson. Yep, exactly. But that's it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I can say, I can say it, probably them two are better than probably Robert Woods and uh, what's the name Ooh, of the And Tyler Higby? You got three different weapons. He's, you got and Gerald Kevin. Everett, Van mm, Jefferson. I, it sounds like a whole nother another podcast for a whole nother day where we compare sounds, and contrast. Yeah. It sounds like he's a it sounds like he's a Rams fan to me. That's what it yeah, sounds like. Oh, it kind of no. kind of does. It kind of does. I see Kalen underneath that uh, maroon shirt, he's got on some uh some some blue and gold going on over there. But uh either way, you know, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how things shake out for not only the Los Angeles Rams, but for the Detroit Lions to see if, if these quarterbacks were the right answer. And if this trade is the right trade for both of these franchises, only only time. Will tell, and also a, a, a time-sensitive topic. It's Deshaun Watson. When you and you look at this this quarterback wheeling and dealing right now, he says he doesn't want to be in Houston. The Houston Texans and Nick Casario said that you know that he's going to be a Houston Texan. We have no interest in trading him. But I mean, if you're Deshaun Watson, I mean, you've you've seen so much dishonesty just flow through the front office and and the building down there in Houston, and he just wants you know, no part of that negativity, Ryan. And I don't really blame him. And if he says before the season gets underway, you know what? I'm not even going to report. I'm not even going to play. I don't, I, this is not anything I want to be a part of. This is not, this is no longer my team. You can deal me or I can just sit on the couch because right now my bank account, it, it looks pretty solid. I ain't gonna lie, man. You know, if you do 40,000 times 10 days, that's $400,000. So um, I think, and that's like, if you don't show up to practice, that's what you can get fined per day. So $400,000 add up pretty damn quick. Obviously, he made a, what, $140 million. So it's going to take a while to get to $140 million, But mm. <laughs> hey, um, so that's maybe a, that's he can get his, whoever yeah. sponsors them, he can get them to pay it. Like, hey, look, think about think about all the publicity you'll get. If you just pay this, like when, when Reggie Bush was wearing those spikes <laughs> and didn't spat them, he was wearing Adidas and he got fined, like, what, 10 Gs a game? Yeah, yeah, Adidas took care of that for him. Yeah. No, I just, you know, for me, I, I see where Deshaun is coming from. And then you also see that players on the team are also seeing where he's coming from. They're like, man, you're too good of a quarterback. We're wasting your time here. And we they said they was going to have you involved, and they didn't even have you involved. I understand where Deshaun is coming from. As a player, that truly hurts because if some – like, people want to be held, held accountable for their word, and they told him something and they did not follow through on it, then after they don't follow through on it, I ask – for a trade, or I'm thinking about getting traded. I tell you guys I want to get traded, and then you don't even have enough respect for me to say my name. You know, like for them to say, "Hey, we have no interest in trading the player." Yo, this the, the player, player is probably the best 
the player in top five, the players in the league right now. Like, what are you talking? Like, he he needs to make that a t-shirt where it's just a, just a white t-shirt with just plain block letter writing. It just says the player. The player. Like, <laughs> if he doesn't have that t-shirt made up, someone right now, one one of the fans that's listening to our podcast, needs to make that a t-shirt and get that to Deshaun Watson ASAP. ASAP Rocky, get it to him. To, to me, it's like I felt like I've gave enough to this franchise for you to at least say, hey, we have no interest in trading Deshaun. Deshaun's a, a he he's what Houston represents, and we're trying to change the culture around Deshaun. We have no we have no interest in trading him. I feel if Deshaun heard that, obviously Deshaun still wants the hell out of there, but he was like, hey man, I can respect that. But you say, hey, we have no interest in trading a player. All right, so now you're saying I'm just like everybody else on this team, and this team is trash. Like, so basically, you're saying I'm trash, and all the other guys on the team say, hey, bro, like, we understand, like, we don't want to waste your time. If I was one of the guys with him, I would be like, hey, yo, when, when you ask for your trade, say, hey, I want to take Ryan with me. Like, because I don't want to be on this sorry-ass <laughs> team either. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to, like, Deshaun's trying to win, and, he, and he's like, bro, don't waste my time. Like, he doesn't want to mm-hmm. be Dan Marino. He doesn't want to be Charles Barkley. I'm one of the greatest players to play, but then I'm wasted. Ernie, like, he doesn't, Kenny, Kenny, Ernie. He don't, don't want to, <laughs> like, and I, I, I understand. I agree with him, and the team has to do better but he's like, all right, if I stay here, what, what is that going to help? I don't have a first-round pick, and I don't have a second-round pick. And we're trash. And, I, 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 and my, my best receiver is Brandon Cook. He's good. But if I don't want to be here, we're not going to get any free agents. So now I'm not going to get no good receiver. He, he, might, get, he might get a good receiver because he's Deshaun. But, but, like, and they have JJ, so they have so much cap tied up. It's like, bro, this is a disaster. I don't want to be here, and I don't blame him at all. But I feel like that Jared Goff, Matt Stafford trade really screwed him, though. And the reason I say that is because you see how much they gave for Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is, I, I don't know how many years, but he's hes almost six to seven years older. He's 33. He's 33. And Deshaun's, what, 24, 25? Yeah. That's eight years. You know, so basically he's eight years older, and you just traded three first-rounders pretty much. Or a, a starter quarterback. A starter quarterback in the NFL is not easy to get. A starter quarterback in the NFL, two first-rounders and a second-round pick, which we don't have none of that stuff, you know, for, for, for an, an old quarterback that has no wins. I'm a young quarterback that doesn't have many wins, but I'm, I'm just as good or better than him, and I'm young. So that means you're going to have to give up four or five first-rounders like Kellen's is about to say, and nobody's about to give up that. So, you know, so I, to me, I just, <laughs> I feel like he's stuck. And I feel, I, I don't feel bad for many people, but in this situation, I feel bad for Deshaun because he has no, is, this is not his doing. This is the doing of his past coach who was tr- not that good. And then the new, in his, in his ownership that allowed that BS to happen. So I, I, I truly feel bad for Deshaun because he's about to be wasted in Houston. Yeah, especially when you consider the fact that before the draft, who was it that said that he was a, a, a Michael Jordan type talent? I, uh, maybe was it that dude that's on on the front of your shirt, Ryan? I don't, I, I don't know. He did say that Deshaun Watson was uh, a Michael Jordan type of talent. We haven't seen those Michael Jeffrey Jordan type numbers just quite yet. And he also said that your Ohio State team was the 11th best team in the nation. So I, I don't know what to take from some of the statements that he makes, but 
Kayla, we, we know that Deshaun Watson, if he does land somewhere else, whoever gets him, well, they're not going to be struggling at the quarterback position. Yeah, no. And you, you said that he hasn't put up Michael Jordan. I mean, he, he's, he led the league in passing, man. Yeah, I mean, he did. He, he, yeah, he did put up some set, pretty solid numbers, especially he, he was, when you consider what he has. Yeah, with exactly. No, with, no, with no guys with, to throw to. With yeah, Nathan. I mean, Nathaniel. <laughs> he had a few <laughs> guys, but they're not like, they're not better than Robert Woods or Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah, no, no, not at all. And, you know, he's drawn to my guy, Chad Hansen from Cal. You know, he's tearing it up back in the Pac-12 years ago. But, um, yeah, like get, getting back to Deshaun Watson, I mean, you know, whoever ends up getting him, you know, obviously immediately a top five quarterback. And, you know, like, you know, like Ryan mentioned, you know, I, I've always been of the party that's felt, you know, Deshaun is going to command, you know, four to five first round high, uh, high round draft picks. Like that, that's the starting point because he is a top five quarterback. And again, the position is such a commodity. And because of how important it is to, you know, your team having success, it's worth sinking those kind of assets in a player like that. You know, for, especially when you have three to four more years of control over Watson, you know, he, he won't be able to get out of his contract until he's 30. It's worth investing in. And, you know, that being said, you know, the market for that that shapes up now because of the Stafford trade. You know, the Rams weren't, at least I don't know the the Rams were ever going to be in that Sean Watson mix. But mm-hmm. for those teams that are, like Miami, who has plenty of draft capital, the Jets, who have plenty of draft capital, mm-hmm. I mean, the Jaguars won't be in the mix because they're going to select, you know, Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick. But, you know, those two teams, you know, are really the only viable players as of right now. I'm curious to see what, other teams, you know, kind of step up. I think, you know, we saw the Panthers were that team, you know, kind of that surprise team in the Matt Stafford sweepstakes who offered their number eight pick to get him. So I, I think, you know, they'll probably be in the mix a little bit more for Watson. I think that's a team to keep an eye on. But, you know, it definitely matters. The Stafford trade matters in the sense that, you know, we knew that the floor for what, you know, Deshaun Watson was going to command was always really high. In my opinion, it just, you know, kind of gets us warmed up to reacting, you know, holy crap, they traded how much for Deshaun Watson? Because that's what's going to happen. But that's always what it was going to be. You don't see a package deal, either you guys with the Chicago Bears, you know, J.J. Watt, he got a, a double order of pizza. He was in <laughs> Chicago. I mean, and like you guys, and we talked about, I mean, if you're J.J. Watt, I mean, if at this time of year, I mean, we just, we just got a, a 12 inches of snow. If, if you're J.J. Watt with, with, with being in the tax bracket that he's in, he should be somewhere where coconuts grow as opposed <laughs> to being in downtown Chicago. So m- maybe, m- maybe it's this is just a, a, a wish. Maybe this is just you're a wishing. fantasy. But yeah, seeing J.J. <laughs> Watt and Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, with, with Khalil Mack on the Chicago Bears, I mean, it, that would be something pretty special. But you know, who, who knows? One, one can wish, that, and that's all we can do. But gentlemen, one thing I do know is that when the season started, we had no clue that we were going to get to the Super Bowl. And it seems as if we've got there, you know, with, with almost zero hiccups. And, you know, next time we meet, a champion will be crowned. Will it be Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or will it be Patrick Mahomes? And Mahomes, first quarterback to start multiple Super Bowls before his 26th birthday. And something tells me this will be far from his last. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL Show alongside my guys, Ryan Shazier and Kaylin Jones. I'm Cole Wright, and as always, we're part of the Ringer Podcast Network, and you can follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, jump on and and give us a quick follow on Twitter at The Ringer NFL. Now, coming up next on Wednesday on The Ringer NFL Show, Warren Sharp and his 
man, Chris Vernon. Well, they're going to give you a Super Bowl preview along with some insights. And don't forget, Sunday, as soon as Super Bowl 55 wraps up, the Ringer NFL show with Kevin Clark and Nora Princiati will be going live. So make sure you're subscribed to The Ringer's YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash The Ringer. And you're following on Twitter at The Ringer NFL. And finally, a big thank you to all of our listeners that made it through the NFL season with us. We hope that you enjoy the big game on Sunday and we'll be back during the offseason. And we're going to put a cap on this season, the crazy ride that was 2020. So for Kalen and Ryan, I'm Cole. We'll see you guys next time. Say goodbye, guys. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.